Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Hey, y'all, this is Andrew Evans from The Sir, and here's something good for you. Welcome to this episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit and try to figure out a little something good to give you every single week. Uh, My name is Alex Stiff. I'm one of your two co-hosts. And across from me in the big, sexy beanbag chair (laughs) is the Captain Nunn, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, y'all? We have had a crazy, crazy weekend, haven't we? Oh, and we're going to... I'm still hustling, still wanting to keep uh, keep the grind going. It's been a hell. It has been a hell of a weekend. We got a lot done and a lot to talk about for sure. That is right. Uh, but first, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first thing first, uh, we do have some really cool social media we want you guys to check out because we want you guys to get involved. Uh, we have a yes, Facebook indeed. and tw- we have a Facebook and Twitter page. Uh, uh, that is at something G F Y. Something G-F-Y. Something you can find G-F-Y. That, you can find that on Facebook and Twitter. And the cool thing is, is through the hashtag, hashtag something good for ya, Y-A, we're looking for people to start hashtagging that. And that so far is a pretty organic and unique hashtag. Not No one has really used it yet. Yep. So we want to curate it with stuff that's good for you. We can go on all day about anything we want to talk about, but why not have our audience be involved too so if you got something you'd like to hear us talk about just for funsies just use that hashtag and we'll uh, get it on the show exactly we wanted it to be a little bit of a community thing because the hashtag is just so ambiguous it really works for a lot of things it doesn't have to be music or tv so anything that you just like throw the hashtag on it that way it curates a community of like-minded individuals that are just putting out really good stuff just don't be a jackass with it yeah don't i mean we can <laughs> don't even worry about that <laughs> we'll make a we make the judgment calls in the end i wasn't even I just don't thinking want to, about that i just don't want to see it is what i'm saying i wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> look at you i'm automatically assuming the worst that's gonna happen oh people suck man you kind of have a little bit of faith, don't you? I guess, but I, you know what? You're right. This is something good for you, not the. And this isn't something <laughs> bad for you. I forget. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. No, oh, dead no. serious. I, I I have faith in our listeners that uh, they're good people and they wouldn't actually be uh, tempted to do such a thing anyway. Nah, so. I'm just busting balls. Yeah. So next, if you want to get uh, in contact with us directly, if you hate that Facebook and Twitter, which honestly, if you have, I don't know how you would be hearing this anyway that's <laughs> the only way we promote it uh but if you still like going the old-fashioned way uh we actually do have an email set up which is something good for you at gmail.com that way uh hell if bands are out there listening you can send in your press kits or whatever if there's an uh, album you want us to check out give you a quick plug uh if we dig it we'll put it on the show absolutely Yes, and on that note, uh, we actually saw a lot of really cool bands this past weekend in Atlanta, Georgia at Slaughter Q. Lots of metal bands and a handful of rock and roll bands, uh, sideshow acts, it, Yeah, lots of barbecue, it was good times. Yeah, one of the... Um one of the cool things I dug about it, so they play, uh, it was set up at the Masquerade, and the Masquerade in Atlanta has actually gone through some uh, big changes. They used to have the really big location uh, that kind of had a 
well, it was heaven and hell. Uh, there right. was there was a stage up top and a stage and basically in the uh, ground level. And since they've had to move out, they moved into what would you describe it as? Kind of a mill system? Yeah, something like that. Um, an abandoned well, mill? I don't know. Uh, yeah, where there's like a little square, a uh, little uh, uh, open air squared out, squared off area. Yeah, and so they kind of took up the whole section. So uh, when you walk down the right side, if you go through those doors, it's the really big stage, and that's called uh, Heaven. Yes. And, um, and then to the left, there's two smaller stages with two separate doors, and uh, that's Hell and Purgatory. So throughout the entire thing, not only were bands playing on those three stages from essentially 12 until, God, what, I think 11 it was or 12? About, I think uh, the headliner went on at around 11, So, and since they're big-time national, I'm sure it was an hour-and-a-half set. Yeah. So with all that, there was still a stage set up in the middle because as you were saying, it was a big open air space. There was still a stage set up in the middle with what you were saying earlier, sideshow acts and performers and all this great stuff. And and actually one of the um, one of my favorites wound up being the uh, the Gianova. Uh, I had no idea who she was until I posted about her on our Instagram. And uh, my friend David, which I hope to get on the show at some point. I know he listens. Get on, David. Well, uh, we've got an episode idea in mind. We just got to get it set up in time. I'm just hoping we actually could. Right. I think I talked to you about it, too. I think so, yeah. yeah. I just just wonder and slash hope if we could get it done in time. We might have to record two in one week and then scatter them about. We might have to actually start getting professional on this and start pre-recording instead of getting this to you like the week of. (laughs) Band send us your music. Uh, people use us use the hashtag advertisers give us money <laughs> you already on the money train aren't you i mean if we want to do this work as hard as we aim then yeah <laughs> if y'all are enjoying this <laughs> oh god no so we did have a great time uh we did not catch a lot of bands because as i mentioned earlier with all of that plus vendors and a ton of friends that we wound up seeing down yes. there some that we didn't even think were going to be there and it was like holy cow so it was a really great time. Uh, so probably the two bands we want to feature because we got to actually hang out with them some. We right. got permission uh, to play the tunes on here is The Stir and Gunpowder Gray. Yes, um, indeed. I've got a little bit of uh, more of a history with The Stir, and we'll talk about that later. But Cap, you've known the Gunpowder Guys uh, for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, since uh, they first came around to uh, Charlotte, I want to say around this time last year. And uh, we bonded over... Uh, uh, the family up at the rim, the Smiths, Amy and Brad, shout out to them. Yes. And, and uh, they, they're kind of in that same circuit that we are. And uh, they've been doing it for a long time. And I dig the hell out of them because it's like somebody took all my favorite qualities in a rock and roll band and just put it in one (laughs) (laughs) and made it specifically for me. Are you sure you don't need the headphones because your microphone is drifting away from your mouth? Oh, well, I just need to stand at some point. (laughs) Then your head will be drifting away from the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Got me all fired up on him, man. I wish you guys had seen his face right then. <laughs> Got me all fired up on some music, man. But no, Gunpowder Gray kicks ass, and they're one of my favorite new bands, and they're great people, too. Every time uh, I go see them, they're uh, always hospitable, and they always... Uh, hang out and they're always they're, they're with you all night too and uh alex got to hang out with them a little bit this yeah, weekend too yeah because i had only really seen them passing um because we and we've played shows together with them and everything too yeah because we played showed up at the rim and uh we play another show with them at the milestone and at the rim 
anyone that plays at the rim is a friend, you right. know, by the end of the night. So it was great that we were to hang out with them, you know, and chat and everything at that point. But and by the milestone, they had already been on a run. They were tired. We know we've been there. It was a weekday show. <laughs> yeah, it, it, a lot of things. It was just oof, it was a tiring night for yeah. a lot of reasons. So everyone was just pretty zapped by that night. No one was really looking to hang out. Right. So to be able to really hang out and actually connect with the guys on the level that you have before and really get to know them, they are just some really cool folks. And they look like rock stars. They they. Can't, they look They're like they nerds came, like us. They are nerds like us. They look like they came straight out of 1976, uh, Lemmy style and everything too. But like you, like you said, there's just a bunch of you know rock and roll nerds like we are, and that's all we talked about hanging out with them too. Yeah, because we got over to their little pad probably at about what 12:30, something like that. We didn't leave till maybe about 3:30, 3:45, something and we were like talking just straight music the entire time. Which leads into my next point. We went down there with the intention of recording some interviews with these yeah. two bands that we're talking about right now, Gunpowder Gray and The Stir. But this is what episode four. Episode four. We are fucking rookies, okay? <laughs> we don't know how to professionally set aside the time to talk to these people and break the flow of us having fun. We were having such a blast with these exactly. guys. We didn't want to break the organic hey, conversation and the organic fun we were having. Let's make this uh, totally different and change the dynamic by setting up microphones yeah, and exactly. prepping so, kits and stuff like that, too. So we, we were having a really great time, so we didn't want to separate it off. If you heard at the beginning of the episode, Andrew from the stir he was cool enough to be able to land us a little something good for you teaser so mm-hmm. we're thankful for him being able to at least do that we're definitely going to have him on trust me we we, we discussed it uh, actually that night wishing we had but came up with a few topics of fun conversation at the same time so oh, yeah we're definitely going to have him on he's a dear friend of ours um and in fact uh Tell you what, let's go ahead and play a little bit of The Stir right now. One of the big hits. I'm so proud of these guys. They wound up getting on XM Serious Radio, which a lot of people kind of discount nowadays and say that's not really like that big of a thing because it's just regular terrestrial right. you know, radio. It's still a pretty broad audience. They And they found that out. That has helped them tremendously. So in honor of that, we're going to go ahead and play that single that uh, they wound up getting on XM and it's called Night Shift. Yes, enjoy. So play that shit.
gift. <laughs> I do that every fucking time too. If I sing it out loud, I'm like, oh, it's Bob Seger also. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Uh, mentioning our social media earlier, uh, if you go to our pages, uh, we got a badass clip of them playing that song live and it was their outro yep. with the ripping guitar solo from Andrew that guy seriously blows my mind he's up there like seriously in my top 10 you know best guitar players I know personally I know that Mikey was saying uh, in the last episode that it was going to be like him and Cody I want to see Andrew versus Mikey in a guitar yep. solo battle for sure. I, I, I want to see that so bad. Andrew, Mikey, Brad Roberts from Gunpowder. Oh, yeah. See, we had started talking on Gunpowder. We're, we're going to get to them in a minute. Uh, the first band we wound up catching was The Stir. Yep. Because, uh, unfortunately, we got there literally like five minutes after Bleach Garden finished that, yeah. their set. So, sorry, hey, guys. So, if you guys are listening, very sorry that we missed you guys. So we really wanted to see it. Uh, so after that, there was a whole bunch of screamo metal deathcore yeah. stuff going on, and, and I really have you. You can take the fucking France approach. I really have no problem saying that's not my cup of tea. I'm sorry for yeah. not sticking around. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just it's hard to get past the vocals. It's man, I'm sure that's just a common excuse for Plus, everybody. But there were so many other things to is. do, like seeing the yeah. sideshow acts uh, and see, and of course the food. Holy shit. Barbecue is great. The, and really reasonably priced. For 10 bucks, you got a barbecue sandwich, two sides, and a bag of chips. I was happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> that filled me up for the day, man. Yeah, that really was the main thing I ate until later on that night. Uh, I think we got a tiny snack right before. No, we ate uh, right before going to the gunpowder. Yeah, house. that's right. Yeah, so that, a, the, those were the only things we really ate. So, yeah, that barbecue really did tie us off. It was real good. I could do, definitely have gone for another sandwich, but. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I considered it, I walked over and the line was really full. Yeah. I really but, didn't want to deal with that. So we timed it out pretty okay other than uh, Bleach Garden set time. Yeah, and like I said, unfortunately we missed that because we've played a show with those guys, so we know that they can bring it. So. We got up early from Charlotte, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, Next we're, time, book later. We, we're, for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, specifically for us, for no one else, specifically for the Something Good For You podcast slash the fill-ins. Do it for us, damn it. Yeah, you can do it. You got that pool. So, aside from skipping out on the bands that, again, I'm, I'm just not a fan of, getting some good food, uh, the stir roll in, and they hit the stage, and and as always, from the past few shows we've seen, absolutely killer. Because we didn't even talk about the show that we saw them play with Fozzie. I don't think we even really no, did we haven't really mentioned that. it. But just yeah, the Stir is just one of those bands that's just been uh, in our little little circle of friends for the past year and a half now, and they just always just kill it. It's this three piece band out of Atlanta. Uh, for those that don't know, that play like really just high energy bluesy rock kind of stuff. Absolutely, and we kind of got paired with them just on a whim. Buck from the Milestone paired us up with them, and ever since then, like literally after that night, Andrew and I just became best friends. He's he's just one of those people, you know. Oh, like, yeah, because he's your best friend too. And, you know, he is Mikey's <laughs> best friend. He's just when he's around you and he likes you, he just absolutely treats you like that. You were the best person like, in the world. He looks like Slash, but he's like the most chilled out hippie version of Slash. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, and it's great. <laughs> so much love to Andrew. Very proud of those guys. And they absolutely killed it. And, um, yeah, 
I've, no, definitely look them up on uh, YouTube and Spotify. That first EP on Spotify is killer. A lot of ripping lead guitars on it and just solid bass playing and drumming, obviously, too. All, all three of them are just excellent musicians. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, and if you ever see uh, Greg at the soundboard, you always got to give him a thumbs up. He oh, does yeah. A, he does a killer job mixing those guys live. He he tours on the road with them. He's basically their right-hand guy. He yes. is amazing. He wears a lot of hats for that band and for kills sure. it. And, yeah, that he just does a very great job. So... Moving on, uh, the next band we saw after that, uh, after catching some sideshow acts like uh, the Awesome Gia, which, like I said, check out our Instagram. I mean, not Instagram. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> check out our Twitter and Facebook if you, you want to see. You can check out my Instagram at Jimmy the Weed if you want. Is this an all promo episode? Is this all we're doing? I'm plugging everything. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know why you picked that user. Why did you pick that username? It's a Thin Lizzy reference. Johnny the Fox meets Jimmy the Weed. But your name's not Jimmy. It's James. I want, it's weird. I wanted to go with Johnny the Fox, but that was taken. <laughs> That's your stripper name. <laughs> Foxy. <laughs> Come out to both Jimi Hendrix and Thin Lizzy. And I just do the Garth dance. <laughs> <laughs> or the beavis where you're just humping the air and smacking an invisible ass <laughs> alright why did we devolve into that gunpowder gray that's the next band we really saw Yeah, <laughs> and I met the slaughter cube I had mentioned them uh, previously and uh, talking about how all my tastes are molded into one it's like the perfect combination of motorhead meets thin lizzy meets dead boys you know like that style of punk rock too mm -hmm. and much similar to the stir those guys because the stir played a stage uh about typical uh stage size is what you would you know see you know a lot of just bands play it was a normal size stage right uh that was the what hell or purgatory i think they were in purgatory okay so that was the purgatory stage which was technically the smallest stage but it was still pretty large especially in comparison to our hometown stages they were still larger than that purgatory and hell were just kind of linear with each other so i'm not sure what that means if uh, if i wind up going to hell will it feel like purgatory at the same time too what are you trying to say masquerade <laughs> but heaven uh, that's where I saw the damned. Yeah, that's so a big to stage. kind of put that in perspective because the damned they do not tour the U.S. Yep, and they book like maybe a week or two in the U.S. at a time, and that's it. Right. So the places they book are going to be big. So that kind of puts you in perspective of how large the stage is. And I've seen Gunpowder play the Milestone, which is a reasonable bar size stage, uh, to the point of this stage, and. I feel that they're one of the few bands, again, with the stir, seeing them play one of the large stages here in town. Right. Both of them can... They, they have a they, show. They still have it. They can still really connect with the audience and make it count. Oh, yeah. Even when it's a really big stage, which I find that pretty impressive because I've seen many bands up there that seem lost right. when they're on a big stage. When you're just kind of like stuck in tiny club mode and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. So, because I remember the first time um, being on a larger stage like that, not with us, uh, a different band. Right. And it was... It, it was odd because it did take a song or two to adjust to having like that much room. And I, right? had, a, and I had a wireless. I know it. So it wasn't like I, I was tethered by nothing. 
ex- I just had this large stage to run around in. <laughs> I could do whatever I wanted and not even be nearly touching anyone. So it was, so that was an odd thing to kind of go through being like, this is an odd stage to navigate. I don't know. <laughs> but I... both of those bands are really pulling it off. So those were definitely the highlights. Uh, Absolutely. Seeing that over at Slaughter Q. Yeah. Both bands killed it. And like, like I said, they're uh they look big, big and bad on stage, but they were just chummy as hell afterwards. And oh yeah, bunch I grabbed a bite too. to eat with Andrew uh, and uh, his little group of uh, peoples and families and everyone. And of course, they were all nice as can be. And that's when we got uh, the audio clip from them. So that was, of course, very nice. We mentioned uh, the Sturge record that just came out, uh, Gunpowder. Gray has a new EP out as well. Yes. Uh, actually, go ahead and talk about that a little bit, because you know a little bit of the producing background and whatnot. Yeah, it was. it's called Lethal Rock and Roll. It's four songs uh, that they recorded with Tuck Smith of the Biters. Actually, he produced the record, and mm-hmm. uh, Dan Dixon, who engineers all the stuff that has all the toys from my favorite Biters records, from my favorite Wildlife records, and so on and so forth, He uh, put they put this record together, and it's pretty killer. And uh, might as well set this song up for him. Uh, this We're not is, playing it right now. What's that? We're not playing, <laughs> We're not it, right playing now? it right now. We'll play that at the end of the uh, show. We've already played one song. All right. Well, well, that'll be our closeout song. Cool. We can cut all this out. No. Yeah. (laughs) We're still rolling. This is fun. Enjoy the song, and then talk about. We'll talk about it a little bit. All right. Well. (laughs) Yeah, we'll play that at the end. So. I'll talk about I it. Derailed him. Yeah, I derailed him. I derailed him. Threw my entire game off. Uh, well, uh, since I ripped Steve off in the uh, intro going into the song, I'll rip him off one more time. I got Forrest to come out. <laughs> well, you said we were going to do a format, and, we, and we're not. So. We are doing the format. <laughs> the notes are right here. And we're talking about the thing. I, lo- mm. <laughs> I love you, Captain, but goddamn. Uh. <laughs> Um, what song are we going to be playing at the end of this amazing podcast? <laughs> uh, for, I was going to say it's going to be the uh, the first song off of uh, the record. It's called "Increase the Pressure." Yes, that is actually personally my favorite from the new release. That and uh, what was the last track? Last track's called "Cut Me Out," and it's an older one that they re-recorded. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking because I remember. I, I've skimmed that first record, <laughs> but I remember that title coming up yeah. and I checked both of them out and yeah, I definitely like the re-record. Yeah. They used to have a singer who kind of sounded like Axl Rose. If you listen to their first record, it's that a might com- explain why I didn't care for it. Right. <laughs> it is a completely different band from what they're doing now. Like the guitars were even detuned on that first record. Were they? I didn't yep. I could, I wasn't even paying that close of attention. No, I really enjoyed that record. I'd have to, didn't it come out this year or it was came it out last this year? year too? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, then I would say that's in my. Ooh, we ought to come up with our top five favorite releases and why by the end of the year as a New Year's. Sounds like a hey. I love I love stuff like that, so I'm game. I know Eddie Trunk does it, but I like doing this shit too. Yeah, fuck it. Everyone, exactly. Everyone fucking does it. None none of our uh, friends uh, shows do it, so right. it'll be at least unique in that aspect. And my number one. Everything has been done before. That's what I've been slowly figuring out. I've been wanting to think of a. 
fun game or something to do on this. And I've been bouncing ideas off everyone and everything's been done before. Because there's a zillion podcasts out there. <laughs> That's why. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm getting ragey. Uh, so yeah, new record is really great. <laughs> One of my favorites this year, I would definitely say. I dig the hell out of it. There's a lot of cool EPs and full-scale albums from a lot of bands we've gotten to know personally over the past year that have mm -hmm. turned out to be really good. And plus, I mean, we can actually start thinking about that list now because I don't think there's really a lot of records still going to be coming out this year that'll be of uh, much interest. And the only one yeah. I could, and the only one I could think of. Unfortunately, I don't even think it'll reach my top five as Ace's new record coming out here soon. Ace, yeah, those records are never on uh, any anybody's top five. No, with, unless unless you are Eddie Trunk to bring that circle back around. <laughs> 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 nah, I love Ace. I really do. I just don't think uh, he he needs someone telling him yes or no. Right. <laughs> he, he's at the wheel of his own machine. And again, as much as I love him, I love him with the information and knowledge that he needs someone directing him. <laughs> I, I dig a lot of it, but a lot of it is corny as fuck too. Oh yeah. And, and you mean, you're going to get that from Ace. He's a corny motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's never had clever lyrics. She wants a rocket ride. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I do love 2000 Man, though. That's not even his song. Who wrote it? Do you really not know that? 2000 Man? No, I'm blanking on it. Okay, hold on. No, I am 99% sure. It's going to be one of those things where you tell me uh -huh, about it, and yeah, I'm going to be yeah. like, God uh, damn Ladies it. and gentlemen, hold on to your asses real quick. Oh, uh, Alex Stiff is doing a little bit of a All the KISS research. fans are just yelling at me right now. Well, um, I have a feeling I'm correct, but it, to make sure I don't wind up looking like an idiot, mm, yep, I typed in 2,000 man in Google. All right. I will give you this. KISS does pop up first, but right. they did not write. Okay. That's not Ace's song. Who, come on, man. If it's a cover from that, from the 70s, if, it, if it's, it's a 70s song covered, this is right in your ballpark. That means it's, it was recorded before 79. Oh, God damn it. And it's a band I have a feeling you like. I'm just not going to get it. Let me Rolling see. Rolling Stones. That was the Rolling Stones. Yeah. That's, that had to have been like from like that. There's a one period of the Stones where I just. They had a lot of 60s stuff that I just flat out ignored for the longest yeah, time what? from that Brian Jones era. Yeah, it was 67, uh, their Satanic Majesties request. Yeah, and that's an album I never visited all that much. That was that era of Paint It Black and uh, when they were trying to be the uh, Sgt. Pepper era Beatles. Yeah, but at the same time as a Kiss it, fan and a Rolling that. Stones fan, you should have fucking known that. I know it. That's pretty stupid on my end, too. So. It is so stupid, yeah. it made me question if I was right. <laughs> that's the power you have on on me motherfucker <laughs> yeah there's a lot of arrows of the stones rubs off on me S -s -s shut <laughs> up dude god damn it i love you <sighs> speaking of ace um i was checking out sleaze rocks today and um ace uh states hard to turn down a couple million dollars uh to be part of the uh, kiss's last tour so instead of really yeah. being interested in just doing it, he's saying, oh, I'll come, I'll come back and do it for the right price. That's so ace, though. <laughs> you know? Of course, he's not going to beat around the bush with anything. He's got a, He's still pretty loaded enough as it is. Yeah, he's basically saying here, he goes, the truth is I haven't been invited. He goes, uh, 
It says, however, Fraley went on to indicate that, quote, for the record, and, well, actually, no, indicate that, quote, for the right price, he would absolutely do it. But it's just like the first year of that, he said, uh, the first year of that reunion tour, we crossed $215 million. That's so crazy. And that was 20 years ago. So what it would be today, probably double that, half a billion. I'm there. Ace, uh, where the fuck are you getting that math? Yeah. There's no way There's it's no going to be half it, of the 96 reunion. The, yeah, number one, it's not going to be nearly as successful as that. And number two is, okay, let me read this back to you. Is he saying if they give him half a billion dollars, he would do it? Let me read back his quote. This is a full quote. It says, yeah, the first year of that reunion tour, we grossed $215 million, and that was 20 years ago. So what would that be to... So what would it be today? Probably double of that, half a billion. I'm there. See, I was okay. Just, so maybe he's yeah. not saying they he is paid half a billion, but he's thinking that the tour would bring in half a billion dollars. No, uh, <sighs> no. That's what Ace. I was. That's what I was picking apart. It's like it's not. I think it's just going to be a tough sell altogether. I, I, if Ace isn't involved. The farewell tour. Yeah, you're going to no, have people. I'm, I, well, no, not at all. Because people that I thought that would be like, no, I'm not seeing that tour, you know, without Ace and Peter. A lot of people are deciding they're doing it. But it feels like mom of all people are s saying she's going to go. But nobody's like really like psyched about it. It's just feels like everybody's just kind of going, ah, fuck it. It's our last run. I think, well, right now the hype machine has not started for the tour yet. That's true. The, Paul... It's real interesting because, you know, just and I'm trying not to tread on too much water or topic of stuff I already listen to because I listen to a lot of um, different music podcasts, too. So, right. you know, with um, so I listen to a few kiss themed ones. So I'm trying not to delve too much into their territory on just regurgitating stuff that I've already heard. But in, in so many words, that that aspect of the tour has not wrapped up yet. If you if you look at their previous Things like the dreaded Kiss Motley Crew tour that I talked about. Right. They had a full press conference for that where they're they were hyping it up, that. saying that we're gonna do a press conference, we're gonna debut new costumes, this, that, and the other. And that was when they announced the tour. That's right. So think about the way they've done it this way. They did a lip sync, uh, America's Got Talent, yeah. whatever, American Idol, whatever the fuck it is, uh, appearance, in which Paul just essentially grabs the microphone and goes, we're going on the end of the road tour, which was the worst kept secret in the face of the planet. Right. Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's been leaked enough. We've known about this for the past The writing three has months. been on the wall with his voice, too, for so long God. that even Gene is calling him out on stage about it. That was cringy as <laughs> shit. I caught that video, too. Ooh, I'm not getting into that. Anyway, no, so... it. Uh, so if, if you look at the way they're doing it, they've done it really unconventionally. They haven't done any sort of big announcement. Just Paul grabs the microphone and goes, this is the end of the road tour. Uh, it's going to be the biggest tour you've ever seen. Uh, stay tuned for dates. Right. And it's like, that, that's been it. That was... See, I watched like the performance and didn't. So, of, well, so, yeah. well, so of course no one's going to be hyped about it. Right. There's nothing to be hyped about. They haven't given us anything. They haven't told us if, it, you know, and he's essentially said it's going to be another best of set list. Right. So essentially, if you've caught the last two to three tours, 
this okay so this is why people are hyped if you've caught the last two or three tours those have been greatest hit sets anyway yeah uh and if they're not bringing back any extra members just because it's a new stage show and some new costumes is not going to be enough to draw people in like they're hoping and it's probably not it's probably not going to either like i imagine um they won't announce anything official until like maybe i don't know when do the people when do people usually announce uh, 2019 dates for on that scale would that be like maybe here in a couple of months i'm sure stuff is still getting in the works and stuff people are still getting paid and yeah i mean this that that's just really depends on the band i guess because if you wind up looking at um i mean if you just look at any band there could be dates all the way to March and April booked. And then yeah. some things, you know, they could be wrapping up a November, December tour already with nothing, you know, planned to be announced. And sometimes bands announce a tour and then they go out within a week after announcing it. If they decide to go on a run of stadiums and arenas, do they headline themselves or do they co-headline with somebody? Because, and also if, if they haven't announced dates yet, they're probably going to be spring summer dates. Are they gonna? If they're really going to be stadium shows, are they going to have to compete with football? Right. So, what would that limit with certain areas and limitability of being able to do the tour? I'm just trying to think about that right now too, but I'm sure they've tried to do stuff like that in the past. Uh, I'm sure. A lot of people these days would rather go to the football game than to go see the current version of Kiss. Yeah. So, that's and just that's the coming world we from two now. real big Kiss fans. Yeah. And it's pretty sad. And and you know we kind of talked about it some with Simon um, when he was on, but it, it you know that's just one of those bands that just needs to give it up. They just need to stop. And <laughs> speaking of which, this actually literally happened uh, today that I saw. Apparently, oh, yeah. Sammy Hagar has his own band. Like solo band? Oh yeah, I've I've known about that. He's he's always got a solo band. He's got the. I'm so far yeah. disconnected from all that. Sammy's great. I enjoy Sammy, and he always has killer musicians. Well, um, uh, the fat fuck himself. Uh, the, <laughs> Can the, we talk about the, Vince Neil? <laughs> fuck him. The, <laughs> the, apparently, he gets up on stage with him and fucking sings "Kickstart My Heart" and all this shit. The why can't the fucker just stop? He needs to stop. Uh, if you follow him, if you have the pleasure of being friends with him on Facebook, it is the best. Uh, why are you even, why? Why do you even want it on your feed? Because it's, I'll show you. Give me, <laughs> I'll look up his Facebook page for a minute. But seriously, why? <laughs> because he's such a tool and he acts like such a tool as well. Uh, yeah, I don't like Nikki Six. I don't follow him on Instagram either. Oh man, but it's just one of those deals where like he's just like the fifty-year-old spo spoiled brat that he is on Facebook, and it's just fun as hell to watch. Mm. And but, it's like, and I'm not even some, I'm not even one to you know go after someone's looks. I've I've had you know weight issues, but it's like, dude, you've had so much plastic surgery, he looks ridiculous. That's self-inflicted. Yeah, and documented all of it too, and now as a result, he's a reality icon, according to his little <sighs> press photo that he has. Reality icon. He's an icon of... Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
We need to move on from this. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're still looking for yeah, whatever. I give up. But but here, and actually I this is some other bullshit I saw which will lead into a topic I know you had about Def Leppard nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2019. I mean, Def Leppard's got all the hits in the world. I I wouldn't be mad if they got in. They're classic rock staples and this objectively from somebody that is not going to, you know, pay $200 to ever see Def Leppard even if they were playing on my front lawn. If I, hear, if I have to hear pour some sugar on me one more time, <laughs> I'm going to scream. Oh yeah. It's classic rock fodder, fodder that's just been played to hell. But there's so many other bands that have been played to hell, too, that aren't into, and that's what leads to... And Rock of Ages, good God. You can't escape that song. It's everywhere. Untak leaping, globin globin. That's how Steve answers his phone whenever I call him. Uh, I didn't know that. He doesn't have a special answer for me. It's just usually, yeah. And I just go, ting, 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 ting. And he goes, ow. And then y'all just hang up. Pretty much. <laughs> no, I love this time of year when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees get announced because the first two zillion comments are always, what about such and such? Yeah. And it's just like, why is this person in? And then the debates are just fun as right. hell. It's like, I mean, I don't know why I even it. honestly care because it, is, it doesn't fucking matter to begin with. No. I guess it is just annoying, though, when it's like, if it's supposed to be a self-appointed thing that's supposed to bring in good classic rock, it's like, why are classic rock, why are non-classic rock things getting in when there are other deserving bands that should be in? That that's that's the part that gets me. I guess that's the touring uh, geniuses for the city of Cleveland that want to market it as such. Hey, we have contemporary music that the kids can latch onto to come to Cleveland and visit our museum for and stuff like that. I mean, you were talking, do you have the list pulled up? I don't have the list. I do have the list. All right. So as mentioned earlier, I was just, I was just saw the article. And so I was like, Oh, so apparently that's out today. Yeah. What stellar lineup nominees include Radiohead, Uh, rage against the machine, uh, Janet Jackson, Really? See, that right there, that's what I'm talking about. Why is she even nominated? I guess legacy, and that's about it. I mean, I may not understand that. I don't either. But but I... She is influential, and she deserves to have a moment like that. She was culturally significant for her time. But there are other artists similar to her that also deserve the same recognition, so why not create a pop Hall of Fame. Why isn't there a rap Hall of Fame? There are tons of great rap artists that deserve to have a pedestal and a place for them to stand and be like, I help shape this genre of music. I actually find it disrespectful that they're lumped in with a rock and roll Hall of Fame. They created their own music. Right. That was a product that was created by a handful of very talented musicians. They deserve their own Hall of Fame with their own name. And you would so think- it's not even a situation of I don't want it in my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's they deserve their own. Absolutely, and you would think with the amount of money that that genre pulls in, that they would be able to fund something like that. And I'm sure it would be well received. It absolutely would. And with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I can understand like a Run DMC where it was uh, a lot of heavy instruments and a lot of sure. like, that swagger and that attitude was sure. utilized for the creation of that kind of music. 
But but Janet Be- Jack. But but aren't the Beastie Boys in? Beastie Boys. You could put Beastie Boys up in that uh, in that conversation I mean, too. Yeah, I think. For- okay. Yeah. There was one that came out the what was what was the big one like the other year that was on there and everyone was like really, uh, it I was think, like uh, a it was like a legit straight rap as far, artist as far as as far as hip hop uh, yeah see Grandmaster Flash I know uh, Public Enemy was has gotten in and I could see, see I could see Public Enemy though yeah that era of because they kind of crossed n- over with Anthrax there's a lot of crossover. With Appeal in the mid to late 80s with uh, that era of hip hop. Anyway, Somehow. we can stay on this forever. Go back, <laughs> exactly. go back to your list. Go back to your list. This is what happens with the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame conversations. Uh, Roxy Music, that's, hey, I don't know really nothing about Roxy Music other than uh, their uh, singer and arranger produced a lot of the greatest talking head records and uh, was very involved as a producer in the late 70s. All right. But word. I need to dig into that some. Uh, Stevie Nicks, sure. Okay. Uh, the Cure. I see. This is where I would. Uh, I love The Cure, but do they belong in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, I mean, they kind of help shape shape a genre. Yeah, or, new wave. Yeah, or like goth rock or whatever you want to call it. I know nothing about this kind of stuff either. That's something that's not in my see, wheelhouse. I, I, I genuinely love The Cure. I like The Cure a lot. Yeah, but, but I'm looking at it going. I don't know if that's rock and roll though. Uh, I guess they look at it now. It seems like a cultural music hall of fame, really, yeah. as opposed to rock and roll these days. All right, carry on, Captain. And De- we mentioned Def Leppard earlier, and uh, yeah, whatever. Other finalists include Todd Rundgren. Okay, see, I, I would get yeah. down with that. He's very underrated, just musical talent, period. Just check out his entire catalog on Wikipedia. Uh, I'll go on all night. Uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan. What? Sure. <laughs> what? Really? Uh, see, uh, I'm a hip hop guy and I've just, a hip hop guy, a hip hop guy. And I've never understood the LL Cool J thing either, but he's a finalist. Uh, the zombies. That's just a, should be a no brainer. Should have been a no brainer while back. Right. Uh, Devo. Okay. 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 John Prine, country, uh, country uh, singer songwriter. Okay, then he doesn't belong. Yeah, they're they're already there. There's, is a, there is a country. There musical. is a country music hall of fame. So why is he here? I don't even think Willie Na- Willie Nelson or uh, Waylon Jennings are even in the rock and roll hall of fame. See, they would deserve a rock and roll hall of fame before that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Especially Waylon Jennings. Uh, MC5, which that's duh. I feel Why like why weren't they in like day fucking one? I feel like that's going to be one of those things that happens every year where they're going to be a like finalist. Kiss. Yeah, and then kiss dick down on fucking doing a proper reunion. And the, the last finalist mentioned is Kraftwerk. Never heard of them. German uh, techno pop group from the seventies. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> what, do I, they have any hits? Do they have anything I know? Uh, the only thing I really know about Kraftwerk is that they were heavily sampled and utilized in the formation of hip-hop in the 70s. That's really about as much cultural impact as they have in the States, and I guess in Germany. That didn't sound, that didn't sound very... That didn't Does that sound, sound very, like a rock and roll hall of fame? That didn't sound very rock and roll to me. <laughs> <laughs> Winner to you. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, nah, I, I don't. I don't get it. And you know, and I don't know. Thinking I, while we were talking about that, I was kind of still thinking about it. 
a lot of people will discredit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just by simply saying, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just a self-appointed, you know, thing, you know, ran by, you know, four kids or whatever that, you know, make a big stink about it. What award show isn't? Exactly. What What are the Grammys? What are the Emmys? Who gives a fuck about it? It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. So if you want to get upset about someone not winning an Emmy for so long, music nerds are going to get annoyed because their favorite rock and roll band isn't in their rock and roll hall of fame because all awards are fucking pointless. And moving on. <laughs> and in the end, does it really help their career at all going forward? It, it adds. Well, I mean, same thing with like a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You buy that shit. That's true. Yeah. You either com- you either campaign for it or you buy it. So it's like <sighs> it's, it's all more it's, it's something to add to your resume because now Ace Frehley can go rock and roll f- Hall of Fame, Fame inductee yeah. Ace Frehley of you know formerly of Kiss. He has a thing to add to his name now. So that <laughs> that's what it is. It's it's an extra little thing. Same thing as being able to say a uh, Golden Globe winner, you know, right. this that and the other. It's something to add to your resume. It's it's technically all pointless, but it all matters in the end. It's like a, a one moment in the Pearl Jam documentary. One of the guitar players goes down to his basement, and he goes, yeah, this basement's just all cluttered up. There's all just kinds of crap down here. Hey, there's Grammy. He just yeah. all of a sudden just points that out. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's that thing. Yeah, and it's like, it, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm really torn on those sort of things, where it's like I, I, hear, I hear stories like that, and uh, God, keep bringing it back to Ace. He's just, such a, he's, <laughs> I love him, but he's such a fuck up. So he's just good for using for bad examples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, I was listening to Ouch. <laughs> like, I love him. It's, but it's so true, though. <laughs> I love him. He's got a heart of gold. He means well, but he, he works so great for bad examples. Um, I was listening to someone discuss. Um, going to his house and kind of, you know, working out a few things to sell uh, old pieces of memorabilia to fund Anomaly, his first comeback record, which was really good. Um, And one of the things he said while going through, he said he found, like, the original uh, gold record for Alive all jacked up. Oh, wow. (laughs) And as a Kiss fan, I was sitting here going, oh, God. Right. That sucks. Yeah. Why didn't he keep care of that? But he's looking at it from the point of view of it doesn't fucking matter. And the thing is, is you can buy a replica of that online. Yeah. You know, so it's like as a fan, you're sitting here going, oh, that's that's a piece of history. You want to keep that. But it's the same thing as like what you were saying. Oh, there's a Grammy. It makes me. Yeah, I'm thinking about if if, uh, you had a prestigious like music award. That you would like. Bitch, I'd have that thing shined every week. The gold record? <laughs> hey, all right, there you go. That would be up on my wall with lights directing on it. I don't give a fuck. The Grammy <laughs> would be the one for your parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, and they would be having that shit shined every mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked too damn hard. If anyone, anyone wanted to give me an award for something I actually did on that, I would cry. <laughs> be like, you saw value in this. Even though it's completely pointless, right. it's just someone saw validation in it, which means I can put it on a resume for other people to go, well, it's fucking pointless. <laughs> it's up, all just a big circle. Just get up there and accept it with your most obnoxious anti-scene or dwarf t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of moving on from music news some. Uh, you saw Avengers 4. 
I did. It's been a while back, but yeah. Uh, did you see uh, the recent thing with Mark Ruffalo? Uh, what apparently happened with him? I have not. I have not kept up with any uh, movie news. Okay, so Mark Ruffalo uh, went on. I'm pulling it up real quick because I actually had something else in mind. But literally, as I said, Avengers Four that made me think about it. Uh, apparently, he went on right here. Okay, so he wound up being on the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. Right. And uh, he, he was discussing Avengers 4 and everything. And, and he's had a history of accidentally leaking shit in the past. Like, so with... Uh, just letting things slip just yes. in a moment. And even, like, so far as, like, with Ragnarok, when there was a press screening of it happening, he was doing, like, an Instagram live beforehand. Yeah. And all he did was lock his phone, which, so apparently he was still live and it was still going. Uh, so he like live streamed the first like five minutes of the audio of the movie. Oh like, shit. Weeks before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> so like a lot of the setup for the movie was spoiled. <laughs> Whoops. And, and so he went on to talk about that, you know, just a few different times. So, but he was on, I don't, I hadn't watched the clip yet. I just saw, I read an article on it and I've got the article pulled up kind of, um, he was talking and he goes, I really can't say much about the new movie because, you know, of course they give out fake scripts and all that shit. Right. But he goes, but I think I can give you the title and it's Avengers and it winds up getting bleeped out. But, uh, but okay. before it aired, there was a big stink about it because the studio audience went nuts. So uh, people knew oh, about it. Oh, people in the studio are going to walk out with it. And apparently, like his stagehand, like his, you know, you know, guy. <laughs> no! His, his guy after he got off stage, you know, was like, dude, no. What the fuck? So he sent out a tweet, you know, talking to, basically saying to Jimmy, you know, yo, man, you know, like hours later. He's picturing yo. Chris Farley and Black Sheep doing, kill Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's behind. Get Mark. <laughs> Get him. So apparently he sends like this tweet to Jimmy saying, you know, yo, man, you're going to need to edit this. And Jimmy's like, yo, I've already sent it off to the thing. Right. It's, it's done is done. You know, whatever happens, happens. It winds up getting bleeped out. So, okay, I was I was hoping you'd have a better reaction to that. Uh, do you honestly think that was in t uh, on purpose or like for by content? accident? Uh, yeah, for content purposes, that's like, like actually hold on, I, yeah. I want to pull it up real quick. I, I'm really I'm really curious because like I said, I hadn't watched the clip yet, but it feels like there's been a yeah. lot of it. There feels like there's been a lot of like fake um, leaks, if that makes any sense. Well, Mark Ruffalo goes on Jimmy Kimmel. We do have who's... another Avengers movie. All right. I do. We have another Avengers movie. This is... Now, it's, it's coming out next year. Uh, have you finished filming it? And, 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 and are you allowed to talk about these things? Because I know you get in trouble. <laughs> uh, I have sort of in the past um, what have maybe you done? have given up things. What have you spoilers. Done? All right. So already so far, it already feels like it feels really staged. It already feels like they're leading into it being like, ooh, you in the past have been bad about spoilers. Yeah, so that's already feeling pretty disingenuous. It feels like it feels like a comedy sketch. And I'm sure Disney had their brains tickering on this one, too, because he went on Jimmy Kimmel, who's the late night host for ABC that is owned by Disney. 
Oh yeah. So, oh really? Yep. So. Okay. See, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, Fallon was NBC. See, I, I don't watch normal TV, so I don't. Was it Fallon or was it Kimmel? I thought you said it was Kimmel. No, it's Fallon. Oh, it's Fallon. Oh, okay. NBC. I thought you said, I thought you said it was. Kim, I thought you said it was Kimmel. No, it's Fallon. Oh, okay. No, Fallon. Then Fallon. Eh, I'm sure it's. Fallon stage is a lot of shit. I hear a lot of things about these late night shows. I think uh, Conan might be a little bit more organic than the rest, but yeah, a lot of the majority of like Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel stuff is pretty staged, from what I've read about. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, continue. Well, uh, I basically spoiled the end of Avengers: <laughs> uh, Infinity War with Don Cheadle, who will no longer do press with me. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and see, and that's the other I, thing too. They've they've been making like these fake feuds. Did you notice that during the last Avengers promotion run? Uh, no, I haven't. I didn't really keep up with the press uh, tours with that at all. But it's, it reminds me of what The Rock did with uh, Vin Diesel for the Fast and right? Furious yeah, I remember sequels that and all that too. No, there was a point where um, it was uh. Tom Holland and uh, the guy that plays um, Falcon. Okay. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of his name either. Uh, he, the two of them apparently didn't like each other during the press run, and they refused to do interviews together. And when they did, they were very quippy at each other. Okay. That's a very odd... I know, right? <laughs> and, and, it's because, and it's because, you know, he's like, oh, whatever. Especially since we can't think of the name of the dude that plays <laughs> Falcon. I feel like we're going to get hate for that. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I've been sort of put under surveillance by, uh, by Marvel. Marvel, yeah. They yes. don't want you talking about yes, anything. They, they, uh, they got a lot of reach in the world. And, That's uh, correct. And, and, I, and I've learned my lesson. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we, but any, can, you, can you give us any hint of anything? Any, I don't want to you know, get you in trouble with the studio or Marvel, but, I mean, maybe could you even just... A little title? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because they're going like, oh, I don't want to get you in trouble, but tell me the fucking name of the movie. Yeah, right. Essentially. Title? Could you? Uh... <laughs> All right, I think I could probably tell you that. <laughs> really? I, I think it's out there already. The, 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 the title of the next Avengers movie is... Yeah, and then, you know, that's as you see there, here, right? you know, yeah, shocked reactions from everyone. That's the biggest spoiler no, ever. That's, that's out there. I, I don't want to get no, you in trouble. I swear, that's I'm out there. And how cool no, is that? Okay. How cool sure? yeah. could a title of a movie be to where people are just losing their shit in the audience, too? Or everybody's like, oh, my God. Dude, you would not believe how, well, I mean, I'm one of those people. You know, I can't wait to, you know, figure out, you know, what it is. But it's, it's one of those things where, um... You know, just any little bit, you know, people latch on to because we don't have much about it yet. Right. There's been no, you know, photos or anything, you know, so people are just latching on to any little thing. Plus, it's building content. He's known to make things leak. Yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... <laughs> no, it, it definitely seemed very forced and... I don't know. It's just like the, the the. I just want to know how cool that this title might possibly be if people are losing their shit that, what or acting like they're losing their shit that much over it. Yeah, and, and see, I don't 
don't know. Infinity don't War Two. That's <laughs> the name of the movie. And pe- people are saying it could be like Last Avenger or um, uh, I- I've seen like a few joke ones. I like I like I like the joke ones better to be honest. Like Avengers Disassemble. Yeah. <laughs> so that's already gonna be better than whatever the hell everybody's yeah, losing no their shit what over. Anyone else is gonna come up with Avengers Disassemble is great. What's the name of the guy that plays Captain America? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, I like how Chris Evans is making the rounds going like yeah, it's the last time I played Captain America. I'm pretty much going to die in this fucking movie, guys. Right? Okay, so, so again, again, again. So Ruffalo even talks about everyone has is such a tight grip at Disney. It feels like Ruffalo saying, quote-unquote, the title of the Avengers movie. Right. And Chris Evans making this, you know heartfelt thing about you know oh it's been great playing the character all these years this that and the other exactly do you why would disney let that go through because you know those would be two really big plot well you know two really big things that they're keeping under wraps that they would want coming out when disney decides the public is ready to receive the information yeah watch uh, captain america be like the villain at the end that'll be the twist no i don't <laughs> want them to do that in this movie see mm, Ah oh, no, there there are so many great things they could do with Captain America if they did genuinely kill him with this movie because Bucky can take over, Falcon can take over. Plus, with the Captain Marvel movie coming out, we're introducing scrolls legit into the movies, and scrolls can take human form. They can shape shift. That's so a new it would one for be me. Awesome for Steve Rogers to come back at some point, and everyone be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And him actually be a scroll. Probably if they're going to, that would actually be cool, which actually kind of leads into the other thing. There could be a lot of scrolls in the next Avengers movie because Captain Marvel is coming out before Avengers. Has uh, Ant-Man and uh, Wasp come out yet? Yes. On a bit like on, like you've seen it and everything too. Is it any good? I, I've, I, I hadn't seen it yet, but I, I know the beats on it. It's it's a good breather movie. Okay. It's it's not one hundred percent necessary to know going into the next movies, but it's it's just like Spider Man. It's an it's one of the small breather movies. It's an in betweener. Yeah, I haven't kept up with uh, the movie news or anything like that with Marvel, just because like you know like I was mentioning a few episodes ago, I just kind of take them as they come along and see uh, with the scrolls. I really don't know what what that is, honestly. I know it's pathetic. Poser. Poser. No. no, I'm I'm a Batman guy. It's about it. (laughs) I like Batman. Batman. (laughs) No, no, no. No, I I really can't come down on your heart on that. I I genuinely did. Until the Marvel Universe movies started, I didn't really dig into the comics too much as a kid. I was mainly Batman and Spider-Man. Those were my two growing up. Yeah, same here. So so Spider-Man didn't deal with no fucking scrolls. So I didn't I didn't know about that really until like maybe the past me four years ago. I'm such a poser. I know everybody's yelling at me right now. No, I, I'm, I'm coming clean too. I didn't know about this shit until about four years ago. I hopped on the bandwagon, but then I just got educated. That way I can actually understand what's going on with the movies. That's the only difference. I kind of, I like what they did with the new Spider-Man game. Oh yeah. Narrative wise. No, I wound up finally getting that. And actually my wife's downstairs playing that now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can hear it in the background. That game fucking kicked ass. So I read someone's uh, review of it online and they summed it up perfectly. They said it's the best Spider-Man movie I could actually play. 
Yeah, it was pretty. I, like I, how, I haven't played the whole thing yet, but like I've heard enough reviews and I've played enough of it to be like, damn. So don't, so don't spoil too. nothing for me. I've, I, a few things kind of got spoiled, mainly because I'm nosy and I still like listening to my other podcast shows. Right. So like just because they're reviewing it doesn't mean I don't want to listen to the episode. I get bored at work. <laughs> so I, there are a few small things wind up getting spoiled for me, but overall it's it's really good and and there's been some jokes about the web mechanic being like super like easy and almost too easy right like there's this um they were a bitch on a few games though oh they were horrible like the original spider-man movie game for um playstation and xbox you you were swinging in nothing Mm -hmm. you were just constantly doing <laughs> and it's like if you looked up, it was just it's clouds. <laughs> you you were attaching yourself to clouds. This was Spider Man Two when that with uh, for PlayStation Two, where it started picking up a little bit and gaining some steam, though, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone basically holds the Spider Man Two game as like the definitive game and the one to kind of you know reach to. I liked that one in the uh, Ultimate Spider Man game based on the uh, Ultimate Spider Man comic. Yeah, I remember that one too. No, this yeah, we talked about that one one time. Yeah, I, was just, I, I liked those. This one, honestly, I like them better. It's it's the best Spider-Man game I've played. I, I genuinely enjoy it. Coming from someone that has loved the character for years, I think they did a fantastic job on this game. It's kind of having its Arkham Asylum uh, resurgence for the franchise, video game Definitely. wise. Definitely, in more ways than one. Even the combat is very similar to. Where you hang game. from uh, things like you do in the Batman games and stuff like that, and take people out like that. Oh, yeah, and it's really cool because, I mean, you're there's a lot more you can do with it now. So, like, with Batman, there's a lot of, you know, zip lining. With Spider-Man, you have a constant flow of web. Right. So, you could be perched up somewhere and web up a guy and just keep strolling along on that um, wire and then just keep going along, get another guy, get another guy, and then as long as you're doing it quietly and with people turned around, they don't notice. It's cool. So you could web up an entire group of bad guys. I didn't realize Insomniac. When I saw the Insomniac logo uh, for the game, too, I thought that was pretty cool. I've been playing their game since PlayStation 1 first came oh, out. Oh, yeah. No, everyone was psyched when Insomniac uh, announced that they were doing the game. I'm, I, I'm I'm a lot more of a video game noob and poser on all that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my my life is music. You know, if if I'm if I'm not doing you know something with you or the band, I'm either sleeping or at work. Yeah, certain things with video games is special occasion stuff with new with new things like Spider Man is a special occasion deal. When when a new Batman game came out, that was a special occasion oh, yeah. deal. Metal Gear Solid. I mean, that was my video game. Uh, fucking uh, deep dive for like the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to learn my lesson the hard way, which is I, I can't buy video games in bulk. Yeah. I'll never finish any of them. I have to buy one sporadically mm-hmm. because I did that with the Batman games. I got the first Batman game was like, oh my God, this is great. And actually, no, I got the second Batman game because it was super cheap. Right. And I started playing it and I got about halfway through and I started realizing that there were certain plot points that I'm sure I would understand more if I played the first one. Right. So I ran out and I got the first one <laughs> and I started that one up. And I have not finished the second one and only partially started on the first one. <laughs> and that's about as far as I've gotten on either one. So it's like... Those have great narratives too, man, if you ever... Oh, like- yeah, and I, and I know the po- plot points and everything on them now. I've, I've 
just because I didn't get to play him, you know, I wind up hearing about it because it's been out for so long. Right. I can piece together whatever the hell happened. God, in it. I think it's been like ten years since Arkham Asylum came out. Now, right? I mean, there's there's no way I could avoid spoilers <laughs> on that for so long. I know what happens in the game. Right. So it's like you know, it's not like I'm missing anything by not playing it. It's just I personally didn't finish playing. And it, it's so. kind of cartoony. To be fair, it's not like oh, I love that though. Okay, there you go. I love that. <laughs> I, that's definitely not a negative for me. I love the cartoon cartoony stuff i mean hell that's why i like spider-man you know he he was very uh, i mean hell his costume red and blue aside from superman you don't really get that much more colorful and bright that suit looks pretty badass too in the game oh yeah i, I wasn't a big fan of the uh white spider when i first saw it but, oh, okay i haven't but gotten I, that far yet it's on all the promo material what <laughs> oh, i'd don't look at the promo materials. It's just like, oh, here's this. I can finally like see what this is all about. <laughs> you know, as it's like, you know, as yeah, the game starts you out with like the classic that. suit, but um, without spoiling it for anyone else that may be listening to it, so uh, he gets another suit within the game that's with uh, that connects to a uh, character that you're oh, actually okay. with, and it's actually really cool uh, finding out who gave it to you. So that's why I'm not wanting to spoil that. Gotcha. I haven't but, gotten um, that far yet. But it's the suit that's in like that's like on the cover of the video game, and so instead of it being like a black spider on the front, it's a white spider that goes you know pretty broad, oh, and he's got like okay. the white part on his hands and everything. It's really interesting. Just like real, I guess I just really didn't notice that. I just paid attention more to the sleekness of it. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely looks really good, and and the game is very fluent and. I mean, yay! Two thumbs up. If we're doing game reviews now, if we're recommending video games, and hey. yes, two thumbs up from Alex Jeff. I yeah. highly recommend this game. The one game we'll pay attention to and give a shit about for the next two years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't uh, don't expect this to be a recurring segment. No. <laughs> Speaking of reoccurring segments, uh, it seemed like you had something that you wanted to mention earlier, but you didn't want to tell me because you were like, "I want to save it for the show." Oh yeah, we were talking about uh, yeah. Uh, you're welcome for doing a podcast tonight, guys. I'm missing Alice Cooper to do this for y'all. Oh, shut the hell up! That's just <laughs> you, bitch. And I thought you were gonna have some sort of sports something for me. No, I think with the sports stuff, uh, as far as doing segments like that, it's more fun when it's current. I didn't know if there was anything that current happened. I haven't watched any football at all just because this weekend at all, just because of us going back and forth to Atlanta and uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that. We can uh, talk to you guys about in the future as they develop. Yes. No, it's like, hell, I, I'm not complaining. That means we don't have to do the sports segment. I was willing to give <laughs> you that. It was your idea, and I'm just like, sure, Captain, we'll, we'll roll with something. And I liked it. That's why I was going to go with it. But, no, hey, man, I'm he, not complaining. I don't have to talk about sports. I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have time to sit down and watch them anymore. And, honestly, it is kind of refreshing. I just honestly don't see the appeal. Okay, and so we're, instead of doing the sports segment, okay, explain to me what it is about football you like. Because for me, I genuinely can't find anything to grab onto with football. Well, I grew up watching college football, and uh, with college football, there's a lot of you know pageantry, a lot of tradition, and uh, that's just kind of there and just little things like that that I was just counting got ingrained in my psyche when I was a little kid and everything too. So would you say it's more of a, because you were raised on liking football, you like football? Yeah. Just a lot early exposure as a child and stuff like that too. And uh, understanding all the skill positions and still admiring the 
work and skill it takes to develop those skill sets that these giant fucking humans have <laughs> and what they can do with those skill sets done right. Yeah. And like the coaching aspect of it too, where they have to study these people and their skill sets and apply it to a scheme to throw the football down the field. <laughs> in see, the end, it sounds really stupid when you talk see, about it and break that, it down. I, I honestly, sorry, <laughs> to be completely honest, I'm going to have to listen back to the episode to re-listen to what you just said because all of that just felt like mumbo-jumbo to me. Doug Stanhope once had a bit where he says, uh, if you think football is stupid, you're right, but it's my stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, okay, do you could you see someone that... Like how how could you convert someone like me? Like if you because I, I know you just don't have an interest in converting me, so you haven't tried. But if you were a diehard football fan, how could you convert someone into liking football? Well, the, like what would you recommend? Like what is the main hook? Like what keeps you coming back? What's, what's game after game? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, exceptional athleticism, which doesn't happen a lot, but once in a blue moon uh it does with certain uh, athletes and it's really fun to watch like everybody hates the new england patriots but tom brady is fun to watch <laughs> to go all walt flanagan on it so but, but that's the weird thing though so so is it just a people admiring other guys running fast down the, I mean, that's, I, I hate using that analogy because as everyone goes for, but it's yeah. like, is there genuinely, does it really boil down to the looking at guys running around and skin tight, fucking shiny pants to, with a ball waiting for them to tackle each other to the layman? No, but <laughs> to the layman, not at all. But once you like, <laughs> that's one of those deals. There, there's a reason sports journalists have careers of just picking apart statistics. Right. And those certain skill sets that I mentioned, whether it's tackling or uh, defensive playmaking or catching a football and stuff like that, too. And it gets really nerdy and just dumb after a while. It's like, these are just people running around trying to catch football when it all comes down to it. But somehow there's a science behind it. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow there's math behind it. I guess it's the same reason people like uh, watching the Olympics. Yeah. All in all, it's all about admiration of, like I was saying earlier, just uh, talented athleticism. And uh, if certain moves are made, just kind of raise an eyebrow a little bit, like what I catch sometimes with certain plays. But when football is bad, it's the worst. So I completely <laughs> understand why people hate it. Well, I mean, kind of working off that some, so the athleticism of, you know, a human. So you remember when G4 TV was real big yeah. in the early 2000s, uh, Aside from, you know, Attack of the Show and stuff like that, later at night they would have some of the strongman competitions on. Right. I would watch some of those, and when I was younger, I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of cool. But as I got older and flipping through, like, DirecTV and everything else, there were a lot of stations playing that. It just seems dumb to me. So I don't know. I guess I just don't click on being impressed by someone doing something athletic i guess i guess so and that's that's not uncommon yeah you know people are into it or they're not and i'm not gonna hate them for it i don't know because I, it, maybe it's, it's the competition angle too people like the competition angle like hey uh tom brady represents uh if i'm from boston and tom brady is like my guy or whatever 
I guess if you got nothing going on uh, other than like hanging around Boston and being like the best Boston you could possibly be, then Tom Brady is your guy. I think also another reason, I mean, I really like it. I just thought about this. There's such, and this is a pro. I'm not, this isn't a downer. Right. There is such a camaraderie in the sports community and you fuckers get intense. Yeah. <laughs> you get very intense over things that don't matter. No, they don't. Again, it's stupid, but it's our stupid. <laughs> and I can't deal with that. <laughs> oh, trust me, everybody has their own stupids. Football just happens to be a lot of people. If you get up and start yelling at the TV because someone is not running the way you want them to with the pigskin, I'm going to ask you to politely get the fuck out of my apartment. And they don't... uh. They don't normally don't uh, yell at the players. They yell at the coaches <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> at the TV and shit too. And that and, is that is obnoxious. I don't do that shit anymore. And I am not re- original at all by stating this, but I 100% agree. And it's always our team won, but they lost. Yeah. <laughs> when your team loses, you don't want to own them. It's not oh we lost. Which by the way, and again, not original bringing this up, right. but I fully agree. Where is this we? What the fuck did you do? Again, like I was saying earlier, like that hometown <laughs> pride, did, man. What, they want to. What did you do? You sat in your underwear eating fucking uh, Fritos, drinking Budweiser all day, yelling at the TV. You didn't do jack shit. Not you specifically. Right. I saw this look on your face. No, I ain't talking I about s- you. <laughs> no. Calm down. No. I was... <laughs> no. What I was gonna say is that. Calm down. No. What I was gonna say is that. Oh, I lost my train of thought too, but uh, I don't know. I don't watch. Uh, I don't really have teams that I root for anymore. I know I said I grew up with college football, and uh, you know my bread and butter was Tennessee Volunteers football. Right. But I don't know. It's just I haven't even watched college football at all in the past couple of years. And when I do watch football, it's NFL stuff, and I like watching individual players. I like. Like I was saying earlier, that exceptional athleticism. Right. Like those kind of people. I enjoy watching like specific people more often than just whole seasons worth of like a team that is half assed uh, almost half the time. Okay, so, so it's kind of putting in perspective what you just said. Uh, so you enjoy the athleticism a bit more than catching every single game. Yeah, and I used to, well, when I had the time, I used to love just going out on Sundays and just watching as much as I can and going out on Saturdays and watching as much as I can just because of the pageantry, because of tailgating and, you know, the camaraderie. So, so, so define pageantry. You've used that a few times. Say with the University of Tennessee, uh, they have uh, a marching band that sets up uh, the logo for the university and everything, too. It looks really fucking cool, actually. Gotcha. If you but. I'd probably show you a video and be like, oh, okay. Word. And, uh, you know, fight songs that admittedly now in hindsight are just dumb as hell because they are played over and over. Like, say, for the Atlanta Braves, you have that. Yeah, every football program has that version of that that is always just played to death. <laughs> I mean, when you're there, it's one thing, but if you're watching it on TV or if, or if you're somewhere watching it and the other guys teams band is doing it it's like <laughs> and there's and sh- you know what my favorite thing about sports is the shit talking i love shit talking <laughs> you don't with say other fans <laughs> just because like i know I, well, I, see, I, 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 I reverse back a little bit i was 
asking those questions because I was getting a little concerned for you because you kept referring to pageantry yeah. and, and enjoying the athleticism of the team and everything, but not really being interested in catching all the things. You're just more interested in the guys running around in this van <laughs> tackling each other is essentially what you're saying because we broke it down oh. into the two, the two segments of those people and the people that enjoy the camaraderie and going to all the show games. See, I'm a musician. I keep wanting to say shows. Going to all right. the games. <laughs> but you're like, nah, bro. I don't want that. I just want to see the guys running around getting all sweaty. Well, I mean, it's kind of like watching the gladiators back in the and you're Roman not times, right? Denying it, ladies and gentlemen. That's been a good episode of the Something Good for You podcast. <laughs> no, what I meant. No, but he's he's trying to put words if you in want my to mouth. Follow us on social media. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. He's trying to put words in my mouth. Hey, you're trying to put other things. <laughs> oh, you shush. <laughs> I don't even a good gay joke. <laughs> I know, low-hanging fruit. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, we can't end on that. I'm kidding, no, folks. No, that's just no. It's just one of those deals where uh, if I had more time to watch, I'd probably enjoy it more. But I enjoy playing music and doing what we're doing a lot more these days. And football's just kind of taking a back seat now. Now I just kind of he makes like this football pose while I'm doing my Heisman pose. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, um, let's uh, end the show here with uh, some more music. Yes, uh, you might as well, because uh, we already talked about that earlier, but you feel comfortable now saying it. Yeah. yeah we, uh, as we talked about earlier, Gunpowder Gray, uh, along with The Stir, as you heard earlier, the two featured bands on this episode, we will be getting interviews with them at some point. Uh, they, they agreed to it beforehand. Yeah, we just got to plan out uh, recording schedules yes. better. So it wasn't <laughs> like we got there and was like, hey, guys. Can you record? And they're like, uh, no, fuck you. And then we have to come in here and lie and be like, oh, we didn't have time. No, they agreed beforehand, um, but it was our fault. Uh, we were having way too much fun because, again, uh, if if anyone's still listening by this point, uh, especially anyone from the band, again, thank you guys for showing us such a great time. Absolutely. Uh, especially uh, Jackson over at um, 100.5 in Atlanta. Uh, we ran into him, and it was so great to see him. He too. also hosts the Scope podcast. Yes, uh, and figure that that works for the end of the show. Uh, kind of plug his little side thing. We've been on a few episodes, and we'll, we'll be on some upcoming, too. So uh, just spreading the love. So Absolutely. Anyway, we're going to lead on out with a little bit of uh, Gunpowder Gray and Cap. Increase the pressure. Well, well, yeah, increase the pressure, but uh, have you thought of an outro? Nope. See ya. <laughs>
This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.